0: The second half of the season for the Angels started with a whimper as they struggled against the Braves in the first two games, and then they looked fantastic in game three. So, John and I will share what went wrong and what went right, or at least we're going to tell you what we thought went wrong and went right. And we'll get to your thoughts, questions, and comments and voicemails because it's Mailbag Monday. You're locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels.
1: You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on the audio side, you can rate and review the pod. It helps other people to find it. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BlueNile.com. Make those special moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on right now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress-free, and find your forever
1: peace. Go to blue Nile.com today. Thank you for joining us for this edition of locked on angels. You've got the Frish brothers here with you, AKA the super halo bros. My name is John and that's my brother, Mike. And my name is Mike. And that's my brother, John. You know what? I know this weekend started with a whimper, but you can't ruin my mood, Mike, because I'm wearing my big a for a big W hat on Sunday. You can't bring and, me down, uh, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> We're big boy meets world fans. If uh, you guys didn't know that, but, uh, yeah, you know, it it was uh we came back to playing some games again we after did. the All-Star break and so it's good to be talking about some Angels baseball even though we knew that we were in for a tough series against these Braves and it proved to be that and in some ways it was your typical angels, and in some ways it was kind of surprising that things went the way that they did. Right. And then what was even more surprising was the big win on Sunday. But Mike, let's start with Friday's game. That was the first surprise. I think it was
0: the biggest surprise, right? We lost eight to one. And here's Shohei Otani, pitching like Shohei Otani. He went mm-hmm. he went seven innings or six innings, looked fantastic, and then it was that seventh inning where he gave up six runs. Here's the stats. Six innings pitched. 6 hits, 6 runs. Maybe that's why it went bad. That's terrible. 6 <laughs> six, six, 6. Okay. Six, and, and and 11 <laughs> and 11 Ks. He's he's 9 and 5 on the season. His ERA went up. To two eighty, so that's
1: not too bad. What a what a huge jump. Right. No kidding, right? He was still down to the 230s. Good. he gives up he gives up six runs and still has a killer ERA. That's yeah. Shohei in a nutshell, baby.
0: Well, and that record too should be a whole lot better because he's lost some really close games and some games that he should have won. He didn't get a decision in. But he didn't yeah. have any offensive support in this game from the Halo hitters. And I was as I was watching this, I, I was thinking and wrestling through this question, so I'd love your thoughts. Is is this a case of Otani trying to be perfect, or is this a case of a good team being patient with a great pitcher?
1: Well, I don't want to say it's him trying to be perfect because in my opinion, Shohei's a, a gamer and a competitor, and he wanted to go back out there for that seventh inning. Yeah. And and if he doesn't do it, then who's gonna do it, right? Yeah. He's gotta turn it over to the bullpen. And so I mean, the way he was cruising through that game, you had no reason to doubt his ability to get through the seventh inning, and sure. so I just think everybody has their day, and Shohei had that day on Friday, and it was a shame, but we move on because it's Shohei, and we know what he's capable of, right? And it, and, and, and hindsight is always twenty twenty. You think, oh, maybe they should have pulled him, and yada yada yada. But if I'm if I'm Phil Nevin, I'm rolling with Shohei. Every time, and, yeah. and that's just kind of, I think, what happened on Friday, and, you know, it, 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 the Braves are a good team. They're the yeah. World Series champions.
0: Well, and that's my point. Is my point is, do you think he's trying to be perfect because he's not getting offensive support, and he needs this team? This team needs him, actually to be really, really good in order to win a game. It felt like he was cruising, but it, then it also felt like, man, I can't make a mistake here because it's mm. it's nothing, nothing, and we're not scoring any runs. And then he's probably thinking to himself, when's my next at bat? When when am I going to hit, <laughs> and, and can I actually knock in some runs? And so I wonder how much that actually plays into his mind and the other pitcher's minds because they know that they haven't had the
1: bats behind them for support. I see what you're saying now. So, yes, I think in a way he – probably did think he needed to be perfect because he wasn't getting any run support. Because sure. if the minute you get him some kind of lead, I feel like all the pressure goes away for him yeah. uh, on the mound. Not that he has much pressure on himself uh, that he puts on himself, but when he, when you give him a lead, then he cruises even more, and he's yeah. even more spectacular. Well, so. and that's
0: a, a, another really great point, and we'll talk about that on Sunday because I think that that's why Sunday was such a really – incredible game for Detmers and the team but let's talk about Saturday for a moment Johnny because we did lose that game as well seven to two mm-hmm. and it just felt like this game was not a competitive game at all and I think that this has been the issue for the Halos is when they get down they really just look uninterested it feels like they just don't mm-hmm. want to put any more effort into it or it might be that their hopes are dashed because once they score some runs it's like ah we know that we're not going to be able to come back we, we know that we're not going to be able to tie this ball game and the Atlanta Braves pitching staff is really really good and what was really tough about that game was your boy Sandy struggled in that mm-hmm. game 3 innings 8 hits 5 runs 2 Ks and or 4 Ks 2 walks and in this game again it just looked like they were like well eh, we're down by this many runs so i guess we're just gonna call it a day
1: ring the bell right <laughs> i understand uh, i've been a big Sandy fan since before he Started getting really good last season, mm-hmm. and I understand the frustration involved when you know somebody doesn't make a play or can't make the double play turn, like Stefanik wasn't able to. But Sandoval, and I know he's an emotional guy, and, and yeah. he's got that fire that we appreciate. He, he lets you know. <laughs> he lets you right. know. But dude, don't give up eight hits. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. at the end of the day, you have to do your job too. Right. And right. I was I was shocked at how much he was kind of grooving stuff over the plate and. Yep letting it get hit and just not locating things well. And I just, sometimes you you have to take a step back and yes, your passion is fantastic, but don't show disgust for your teammates when they can't make a play behind you because you gave up the hit, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then you, you talk about, Sandy needing to work on some things. Man, since Reed Detmers came back up after he was sent down, mm-hmm. he has looked really, really good. And Sunday's game was fantastic. A 9-1 to victory. Uh, Detmers was spotted five runs in the first inning. Can you yeah. remember when that happened last, John? I when know, we, no kidding. When we To be able to score some runs in the first and to give our pitcher a shot to just throw his stuff. And that's why I think Detmers was so successful on Sunday because he was able to throw his pitches 5 innings yeah. pitch, 3 hits, 6 case. He's got a 3.84 ERA. He's 3 and 3. It's his first win since his no-hitter and even Matty V on the broadcast was blown away at some of the ways that Detmers was locating his curveball yeah. and his slider. The slide he, even, <laughs> he even made yeah, he made the noise whoop, like right? And it was it was really Fun to watch. And even Detmers in that fifth inning, that fourth inning and fifth inning, he was really struggling and his pitch count was getting up there. And I just kept thinking, man, just let him in. Let him, let him mm-hmm. stay. Let him stay. Keep going. You, mm-hmm. you got this. And I fist bumped a couple of times because it was really great to see him get through. Yeah. And yeah. and I was really glad to see his confidence grow. But I think his confidence grew. Because the Angels scored first, and then he was able to really implement his
1: game plan against the Braves. Well, it was Detmer's day after all. So it was of Detmer's course he day. Had a win. No, but you know <laughs> what though? Listen, the minute he came back with that slider and began using it more, it finally gives him an out pitch. Yeah. It finally lets him play the fastball off the slider. It lets him play the curveball off the slider, and that's the biggest thing that's been missing for Detmers. And and maybe the pitch count did get a little bit high through five. But his last two starts were the furthest he's ever gone in a game. And yep. so, except for the no-hitter, obviously. Yep. But he was so efficient because he's finally getting outs on strikeouts. Yep. And, and not letting these things get to 3-2 and two every single time. Let's talk about the hitting, though. That because Taylor Ward went 3-5 for five with his 13th home run. Renjifo and Joe Adele had two hits. Stassi had three hits, a double and a triple in those three hits. Yep. And then Joe Adele made a game-saving catch... In the fifth, man, he finally laid out for one, and I know we crap on Joe Adele all the time because of his defense, and he had that misplay where it bounced off his chest, and, yeah. and that was Saturday yeah. night, and you just kind of hang your head, but then he goes and does something like this in left field, of all places, right. where he's not been very good, but he he dives out, and and that's incredible to, to see. I can't remember ever seeing like Taylor Ward no. dive out for one.
0: No. <laughs> that's why I love having Joe Adele out there, because I will take his mistakes, because Now, more often than not, you're seeing him actually make some great catches and his arm is getting a bit more accurate. Plus, I don't know if you saw the stats on the TV side, but he's actually a whole lot more patient this year than he was last year Mm -hmm. at the plate. His swing percentage is down. And I think that we're seeing a guy who's growing in his confidence. And so, I mean gosh, we're 14 games under 500. let Let's give him a shot to really improve at the major league level because he's proven he can do it in the minor leagues.
1: This goes back to that article from Jeff Fletcher last week about the hitters and their approach at the plate. These guys, one thing I noticed all through the weekend, even in the clunker games, these guys were being much more aggressive and getting the pitches and hitting the pitches in the strike zone that they should be hitting. I mean, look at Jared Walsh's weekend where he had back-to-back doubles And then you have a game like Sunday where these guys come out swinging in the first. Max Stassi finding it again. And Ian Anderson's a good pitcher. Like He's not not bad at all. And and he had a real bad game against us. And and that's the other thing is we had good games against good pitchers at the beginning of the season. Even though we were like, ooh, this matchup's going to be tough. We still came through and we still did a good job. So that conversation about being more aggressive at the plate. You know what? I'll take I'll take the strikeouts if they're swing and miss strikeouts at yep. something in the zone. Yep. Because these guys had been watching way too many pitches right down the middle or on the corner and letting themselves get out that way. You see the results of a more aggressive approach at the plate and it's helped Ward. It's helped Walsh. Renjifo obviously has been consistent for the entire month. He's been a bright spot. And then yeah, Joe Adele with two hits and Stassi. Stassi is key. We got to have Stassi hitting. Agreed. If he's not hitting, then we have a real big problem in our hands. So, Agreed. this is this is the one time a week where the Halos put it all together for a win. <laughs> yes. And I have to say, Mike, the the fact that it wasn't a Shohei start on the mound, now they probably should have gotten him some run support and yeah. and helped him win that game, but we won on a day that wasn't a Shohei start for a change. Because that's all the Angels have been able to do is win on days where Shohei pitches. But they won on Detmer's day, and I got to say that feels pretty darn good.
0: Well, coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to get to your questions about the Halos you sent in. All sorts of questions, voicemails, and we're excited to talk those through. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by BlueNile.com. You can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of your dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile will help you to create the custom engagement ring or help you to create all sorts of classic pieces. And they do this at prices that are fantastic. Blue Nile has experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you create that memorable gift at every budget. And they have tools that will help you choose the diamond shape and size and clarity as well as the setting style. And if it's not perfect, no problem. 100% satisfaction guarantee. And right now, Blue Nile has their anniversary sale. So this is a benefit to you. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Every order is insured. It ships free and it arrives in a discreet package that won't give away what's inside. So you can shop stress-free. And find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today.
1: We want to thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. And we want to thank you for getting in our mailbag. It's our favorite day of the week where we get to answer your questions, whether that's through comment or DM or voicemail. We had a lot of messages for today's episode. And so I want to start by going through these First of all, I want to give a shout out to our number one fan, Carlin Bath, the Angels uh, on the field reporter. (laughs) She filled in for Erica Weston this weekend, and she said, my only question... How awesome was that game? This is so referring awesome. to Sunday's game. <laughs> so, Carlin, thank you for the question, yeah. and thank you for being our number one fan. Yeah, that was a great game. Again, I think the approach at the plate is what changed for the Halos and what made them much more competitive. But let's go to uh, the first question. Uh, Fast Times under the Halo on Instagram said, Mike, what two key free agents would you guys bring in this off season?" Okay, did you know that Mike Clevenger is a free agent at the yes, end of the I year? Yes, I did. My buddy Mike?
0: Yes, your buddy Mike. You're, you're <laughs> the guy you hung out with at the Wounded, at the wounded Burl or whatever it blind, is. You're
1: blind, <laughs> blind donkey. Come on now.
0: So I think that going after a pitcher would be a great idea, and I think somebody like Clevenger would be a reasonably priced pitcher for us to go and get. And then mm-hmm. I would go and get a shortstop. I think it's mm-hmm. time that we actually have a good bat In that place, and I, you know, God bless Andrew Velasquez. I've been a fan of him, but I think it's time that we don't have him there. Now, if Fletch does play short then I think that we go get a good second baseman. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's David McKinnon. I think that David McKinnon might need some more time to develop. But we need another bat in that lineup. We're getting Rendon back next year, which is great. But we need another bat in that lineup. And so I think that we need a shortstop. Or if if Fletcher's going to play there, I think we need a second baseman. Somebody that can help us. And, and improve this offense. What do you think?
1: I can think of a couple of short stops. One of them we just saw Dansby Swanson is a free agent this off season. I love Dansby. He would look real good in angel red. Yep. And of course, Mike, if you want to show the halo fans that you're competitive next season, you're going to go out and you're going to get Trey Turner because Trey wow. Turner is a free agent. I know that that's a pipe dream and he's going to be highly sought after by Everyone, including the Dodgers, they'll probably want to bring him back if they don't get some sort of extension done. Yeah. But I will say that uh, if 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 Artie Marino and Perry Manassian want to show and make it up to us and they want to show the Angel fans that we're competitive. Yeah. I think Trey Turner is the best way to go. Uh, You have Sean Mania, who's a free agent. I would love to see him on this team. Chris Bassett, of course. Uh, He's a little older, but he would be great. And then Aaron Nola actually has one more year, but it's, an, it's a club option year. Mm. So if the Phillies, some, for some reason, decided to pay him the $4.5 to let him go, then he would be a free agent as well. I mistakenly said that Aaron Nola would be like a, a second or third tier option. Dude, that guy is on fire. That's a first tier option. I oh, take back so? what I okay. said previously. Okay. Aaron Nola would change this rotation tremendously. So hmm. that is another guy I would consider bringing in as well. And again, you're right. The The hole at shortstop needs to be addressed. We can't roll with the uh, the revolving door of shortstops that we've had. Right. And then Brandon Drury, who is uh, on the Reds currently, yep. somebody we've talked about as a trade candidate before, for him. before the Angels tanked. Uh, we we could have used him at third. Uh, he's somebody that will be a free agent, and he can play all over the infield. So... Yep. Uh, he would be a great option next season. Let's go to another question. Cameron Reeves on Instagram said, do you think there's any way we can get off Rendon's deal to open up some salary? I think you have to go back to 2019 where they needed to dump uh, the guy we got for second base. I'm, trying to think of his name now. He uh, was really great with the Reds, and then we signed him, and then he hardly played at all. Why can't I think of his name? I can't either, but it'll come to us. (laughs) But we had to give up our first round pick, Will Wilson, to the Giants so that we could get rid of his salary. And it's a shame because you never want to give up your first round pick, and and that's exactly what happened. And so, uh, I gotta look this up because it's I'm gonna at it right now. bother me. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the only way I see us getting out of a Rendon trade and salary dump is that we attach a first or second round pick to his uh, his transaction with another team. So that's gonna be a problem. You there. ready? Yes, Zach Cozart. Yes, Zach Cozart. Good <laughs> yeah. grief, Zach
0: Cozart. Yeah, we had to give yeah.
1: we had to, we traded Zach Cozart and his salary along with Will Wilson to the Giants. Just to, like, say bye, just to get rid of him and not have to pay that. Right. And I honestly think, Cameron, that the same thing would happen with Rendon. I think we would have to attach a draft pick. Yeah. And I'm not sure that's something any Angel fan wants us to do, and I'm not sure that's something that that Perry Manassian would want to do. And to be honest, I know that we said this last year because of the hip thing, and now it's the wrist thing, and next year it'll be the – the the nose thing or the shoulder thing (laughs) with Rendon but shut your mouth I just wish that he would be healthy because we know that he's a productive hitter in fact if you look at his stats when or if you look at this team when he's on the team this season we were much better and and so even though he hasn't quite been the Rendon that we know and love he's still been a productive part of the lineup at yeah. times.
0: Yeah. A couple thoughts real quick. I agree with you. Remember that Upton is actually off the books next year. So there's about 20 to 25 that's true. Uh, million that's, that's available there. And we are going to have a segment later this week about
1: Rendon and the impact he's mm. had on this team. So stay tuned for that. Yes, please. Uh, Nando88026 says, How will Duffy fit in once Fletcher comes back? I got to say, I think Velasquez gets sent down. Yeah. That's my my thought because you want guys who make contact. I think once Fletcher is back and and Duffy comes back as well because Duffy is still on the I.L., I think that you keep those contact bats in the lineup. Velasquez is great at defense, but, man, the guy sure strikes out a ton, and we can't keep rolling with that. And also, I think that between Fletcher and Renjifo, and now Phil Gosselin, who I was glad to see back. I, right. Is it just me, or do I feel more comfortable with Gosselin at third rather than 100%, VR? 100 100%. <laughs> because he has
0: great great defense and he has that like sneaky bat he's sneaky Mm -hmm. good right and i think he's just a skosh better than matt duffy and so duffy might just be able to bounce around a little bit duffy as a full-time player really doesn't seem to be a really effective player for the angels right now
1: that spins into king panda one on twitter he he asked do you think goslin can help this team out they finally got rid of vr who was a dumpster fire in (laughs) 16 games and should perry try to grab more guys. Well, I think VR was a grab more guys yeah. kind of move. Yeah. And so was Gosselin. But you have somebody in Gosselin that you're familiar with. I know they tried to go that route with uh, uh, <laughs> with Juan Ligaris yeah. because they were familiar with him last season, but he Did was just like terrible yeah. this season. And, you know, he didn't have a club coming out of the <laughs> out of spring. And we signed him for the minors. And then he was only there for a few games and came up and it was just too fast but Gosselin is somebody that I'm very comfortable with over at third because we've seen what he can do. We've seen him play there before. And like you said, a sneaky good bat, a sneaky yep. good player. And I, I, we like him. Fans like him. The goose yeah. is loose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Manili Ceramics had two questions for us, Mike. One was, will they ever win again? They did on and that Sunday. Was before, <laughs> that was before the game on Sunday, so that's, yeah. that's answered. But the yep. other question was, is the home run cowboy hat gone? And the answer to that is is no, it's not gone. In fact, Jeff Fletcher from the OC Register mentioned this in an article that he wrote uh, just over the weekend, that when Shohei hit his home run in Atlanta, and and the guys, anytime they hit a home run, because they were down, they were like, we're not wearing the hat. Like (laughs) like this this is not the time or the place. Yeah, self-awareness is a great way to put it. And so we did see it when Taylor Ward hit his home run, On Sunday, so it it hasn't gone anywhere. It was just a moment of we don't deserve the hat right now because we're fighting back from a, a 7 1 deficit or 9 1 deficit, something like that. So, yeah, I thought self awareness and the time and place for it was appropriate over the weekend.
0: Coming up on Locked on Angels, we got more of your questions. But first, we want to remind you that Bet Online brings you today's episode. It's the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events like MMA, boxing, and golf. So you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions Bet online where the game starts. We've
1: got one more segment of your questions for our Monday meal bag. And the first one for segment three, Minor underscore 15 says, Why do we suck with a sad face? (laughs) We
0: all feel your pain, we are all there. And it's just been a really difficult year. And I think injuries play into that and inconsistency plays into that. If this team was healthy, I think we'd be in a very different position. I hate saying that. I hate talking about that because we talked about that last year, as you've already mentioned. But I think if this team was healthy, we'd be in a very different position. If Taylor Ward doesn't run into the wall and hurt himself, I think we're in a Mm -hmm. very different position. If Mike Trout doesn't have wounded ribs, we'd be in a very different position. And so Mm -hmm. a part of the reason why we suck is because we just have had a lot of injuries and— I think it's because we weren't going to make the moves to help solve the problem. I look at what the Mariners mm-hmm. did with Carlos Santana. That has been an incredible move for them. Yep. Trace Thompson was picked up by the Dodgers when Mookie went down, been an incredible move for them. We didn't yep. do anything. And then when we did do something, it was like two or three weeks after we had lost a few games in a row and we got yeah. VR and that was a terrible move, right? right? And so I think that that's part of the reason why we suck. We got to move quicker. We got to be a lot smarter, more intelligent, and we got to stay healthy.
1: We gave Perry Manassi too much credit when I said, "You know, Perry is not a guy who will sit on his hands," but he most certainly did when yeah. we needed him to make moves. He sat on at least one the hand. Most. <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> uh, the everyday minister on Twitter at TEDM Pod, he said, "Have the Angels surrendered the season?" Hmm. Is there a realistic chance of getting into the playoffs this year? Outside of Syndergaard, are there any realistic trade chips, or should they neither be buyers or sellers? And should they start building for 2023? So a couple questions there. I don't think that the Angels have surrendered quite yet because the realistic chance of getting to the playoffs is that the schedule is much, much lighter from here on out. We've put the Dodgers in our rearview mirror. We have a few games with Houston, who we can compete with. Right. We can compete with Houston. Yep. Uh, we have the Yankees, who we did not do so great against them in New York. But we always play up to the Yankees. And I think that if we get some pieces back, like David Fletcher, and perhaps these guys can continue to swing the bats well, it'll be a competitive series. And I really hope that this is a turnaround for the Halos in terms of being more aggressive at the plate. Because like I keep saying, it certainly paid off. On Sunday, and that's something I'd like to see more of. Outside of Cindergard, realistic trade chips, anybody in the bullpen, honestly. Yeah. Especially the one-year deal, guys, because everybody needs bullpen help, and so if the Angels decide to make a move there, you could probably say goodbye to a Ryan Tapera or even like an Aaron Loop in that situation. I know he's got an extra year on his contract, but at the same time, Perry Manassian went out to fix the bullpen, and some of these guys haven't performed the way that they should have or were pegged to, and, and that's why we're kind of where we are now. But I think any of those guys in the bullpen can be available. I think you hold on to a Warren, a Wance, an Ortega. Again, I think that I, I I don't want to give you a false sense of hope, but the truth is, is the schedule is lighter. Yeah. And if the Angels continue to hit the way that they did on Sunday and can do so like they did at the beginning of the season – There's no reason why they can't win some games and win some series. And that's just my thoughts on that. What do you think, Mike?
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I think that what you're talking about now actually leads into the next question. Uh, Kevin underscore 1055 asked, uh, what do we have to do to have this team make the playoffs next season? And you and I talked a little bit about it. I think stay healthy, get a bat Mm -hmm. and another arm. I think that's really, really Mm -hmm. important. And I think this season, develop some of those guys that are going to be our depth for next year, because as you've seen, what has happened so far this year is that we just haven't had the depth, and we need the right. depth if we're going to be a competitive team for the playoffs.
1: And you got to make moves right away when somebody gets hurt. You can't you can't sit on your hands. You can't let right. Rendon get hurt and not get a comparable third baseman. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, Game over. Twenty seven said, "Is this the time of year Trout takes a long IL stint?" <laughs> and also, where is Canning? So let me answer the Canning question first. The last we heard was back in May. He had to decide if he wanted back surgery. He had a stress fracture, which is actually something that just happened to Jazz Chisholm, and he's going to be out the rest of the season. And Griffin Canning had that stress fracture on his back. Mm -hmm. And so he was expected to be out this entire season, maybe come back at the end. But there's no news on whether he's decided to have the surgery or not. Not anything that I could find. So that's where he's been. Expect him back next season realistically. But when it comes to Trout and the IL stint, um, Invasion of Mike's also had a question about injuries. He said, what's up with the misguided injury updates? We've seen it this year with Rendon and trout and then uh, Garrett Richards being dehydrated and then needing Tommy John surgery <laughs> yeah. and then players with COVID it's only inferred is the medical staff incompetent. Well, I think going back to the Richards era and going back to even before this year, we were getting some bad information from the the coaching staff, yeah. but this year uh, uh, the head athletic trainer has been the one that the beat writers can go to to talk about these things because remember last year with Joe Madden it was a mishmash was of terrible. communication yeah and so with Trout it's he explained hey the back spasms were a result of the rib injury and so that's what's happened with Mike Trout right so I think they've been much more clear about injuries this season and in the past they have been awful about <laughs> injury updates but when it comes to COVID I think that there is some like liability around, um, you can't disclose yeah. certain things and, yeah. and health issues and stuff. So I think the reason why COVID is only inferred is because there's there's kind of a uh, you can't expose yes the fact that somebody has it or, yes or reveal that it, with that kind of information. So that's what's going on there. But yeah. with Mike Trout taking a long IL stint, I certainly hope not. But the guy tried. I mean, we've seen the results of him trying to play through stuff. And it wasn't good. No, it, it was really it bad. He was striking out like crazy, and and it slowed down his bat swing, his bat speed. And, and so if he needs to take an IL trip, then more power to him. I mean, we won without him on Sunday, and I hate to say that, but the guy, he's got to get healthy. And if he's having problems and it's affecting his swing, then we can't let him play through that because it's just not effective right. at all.
0: Agreed, 100%. And I think that we want a healthy Mike Trout. And he's a guy who's a gamer. He's going to fight through all of these injuries. And so uh, we we need to be excited about that and celebrate that because that's who he is. John, there was uh, another question at RJRosa7 on Twitter said, is Artie Moreno still going to be the owner during Mike Trout's last contract year? And, all indications are he's going to be the owner for a really long time unless Mm -hmm. he you know passes away or or decides to sell the team but there are no indications that uh he's in bad health and there's no indications that he's going to sell this team and this team is making him a lot of money which is really frustrating i think for a lot of angel fans our nephew texted me and said not a fan with a conversation about maybe not Actually considering trading Shohei And I was like, bro, they get $10 million a year For just commercial Advertisement, he's like, well that sucks So we're going to get money and lose? And I'm like, yeah If Artie's pockets are getting padded I'm sure he's going to be just fine I think that they might stretch a bit for next year To be able to bring in some players Because I don't think he wants to lose But right Mm -hmm. now, I think that Artie has actually made the Angels a really profitable team. And so it would be foolish of MLB to step in or it'd be foolish of him to relinquish uh, control of this team unless he wanted to sell it because he is actually making money owning this team and he's made right. this team one of the most profitable and and cost-effective teams in the major leagues.
1: You know, on that conversation about trading Otani, there was news from Ken Rosenthal that the Angels have made it very clear that they want MLB ready players, guys who are playing right now, yeah. if they were even to sniff the possibility of trading Otani. yeah, yeah, <laughs> They want guys who can contribute to the team right now. And those are going to be those Amazing players you see on all the other teams coming over and helping us out right. in a huge way. So good luck <laughs> with that. <laughs> and I think that's the perfect asking price. Yeah, you want Otani? Well, then give us your five best guys right. you have on the team right now, because he's doing the job of, of you would think, two people, but I feel like he's doing the job of three people on the, on the Halos right now. He really is. Last question, just underscore Chad. Chad with three Ds. Uh, three Ds. He <laughs> said... You two are the only thing getting me through this season. I have no other comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chad. Du-du-du-du-du. Chad, you're you're getting us through the season as well. In fact, yep. I I said it the other day, you and I have had so much fun even though the Angels bring us down. We've had so much fun like doing the show and interacting with everybody. So we are always here for you to uh, get you through the next halo loss or the next halo victory. Yep. We'll be there for yep. you. So we're we're happy to be here. We're so excited to be doing Locked On Angels, and it's it's great because it gives us, you and I, Mike, a chance to hang out and connect and talk about our favorite baseball team.
0: Yep, and we appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day, and now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings his passion, humor and his unique perspective on every team and on every story around the league. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast Locked On MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: give us a follow at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and also at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get into our DMs and if you have any comments or questions or anything like that, we'd be happy to connect with you and answer those for you. Mike, we just talked about Shohei and what the Angels would ask for a trade, but what do we have on deck for tomorrow's episode? Well, you teased it just a little bit, but the Angels
0: said they're not interested in trading Shohei. So is that a smart move? John and I will actually tell
1: you if it is on tomorrow's Locked on Angels. Love that conversation. Looking forward to it. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother, Mike. My name is Mike and that's my brother, John. And we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more Locked on Angels.